0: Welcome to another edition of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell here, and we are going to talk about... Well, that's all I have to say about that. Love sports. Love uh, all sports, quite frankly, except for soccer. Don't. I'm not a soccer fan. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm a soccer fan. Although, I have gone to a soccer match on the pitch, and I've watched the players, and, and I think the thing that impressed me the most was how skillful they are at the different types of passes they make with their feet. Other than that, it's not exciting to me. I don't like it. It's boring. And I don't understand a sport that goes on and on and on and on forever. And you're you're talking like March and and we're into November and they're in the playoffs, MSL, or yeah, MLS. See, I can't even get the acronym right. MSL is (laughs) – anyways, it doesn't matter. So we're not going to talk about soccer. I've, in fact, wasted way too much time on soccer, and hopefully I can delete all of this later on, but maybe we'll leave it in. The Houston Astros – by the way, I am a huge Los Angeles Dodgers fan. Love the Dodgers back in the day. Steve Garvey, Davey Lopes, Ron Say, Bill Russell – Fernando Mania, are you kidding me? Love that stuff. And then Kirk Gibson hits that home run in the '89 series. I mean, it was just so electric. Love the, love, 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 love the Dodgers. Love Dodger blue. Tommy Lasorda, the whole thing. But I have to tell you, I was polling for the Dodgers in the World Series. I really was. But I, after kind of this whole thing unfolded, and I learned a little bit of the backstory. Of the Houston Astros, I have to say I, I, I'm kind of glad the Astros won now, which is kind of shocking because I, I like I like to be loyal to my teams, but I also like to respect certain things, and I, I respect what they've done. Well, <laughs> um, I I love you know I uh, I'm thinking things in my mind and I'm not saying them verbally. I just can't get over <laughs> – I'll get back to the Astros in a minute. But uh, they they signed Verlander late in the season, right? And he was kind of the – he was the key. He was the key. He was kind of this, you know, dominant. I mean, he's a dominant pitcher, right? And he, he was just dominant down the stretch, although he, he loses Game 6. Now, I know why he lost Game 6, and this is what I'm so pr- impressed with. The dude just got married in Italy. I don't know if you knew this, but he got married to Kate Upton. Are you kidding me? Like total major this is like the power, power couple of the of the world right now. Uh what would they be? Ver Verupton? <laughs> is that the new Verupton? You know, like Benifer. Yeah, the 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 combination of their names. Verupton. That's their that's their new name. The Verupton power couple of Major League Baseball. And uh whatever she does, modeling. Which isn't a sport, by the way. But they get paid a whole lot of money and people pay attention. But I, I was so impressed and 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 part of it was all of the devastation that happened with uh the hurricane. In fact, I think if you're if you're a betting man, you just wait to see which hurricane hits What major city in the United States, and then you bet everything on that. Because if you remember, Katrina just devastated New Orleans, and then New Orleans, who had never won a Super Bowl, ends up winning the Super Bowl, and we're all grateful for that, and that was wonderful. Same thing happens with the Astros, never won World Series, and then we have this devastating hurricane, and there you go. But I think the coolest part about this, and the the one that I love the most, is really about in in the Sports Illustrated cover, and I'm sure you've heard of this, they they predicted in 2014 that the Houston Astros would win the, Super, the 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 World Series, and they did it in a throwback uniform. Back in my day, I remember those those ugly, nasty uniforms for the Houston Astros. All the different stripes of orange, and on the cover they had the actual um, MVP, George Springer. So in 2014, (laughs) here's your team, and they built this team around George Springer, and he becomes the actual MVP in 2017. I mean, this is greater than Babe Ruth calling his shot in the World Series. I mean, this this is the best... The best story ever invented, ever created. It's better than anything Hollywood could ever do. But what I love about it is the unconventional way in which the Astros went about building this team. And not only did they build them, but they literally said, we're going to build it, and this is when it's going to come to fruition, and this is why. And they were dead on. And that's cool when you can just back up everything you say, the biggest (laughs) trash-talking moment in all of sports happened with the houston Astros. moving on to now i went from my least favorite sport soccer to one that i love baseball and then my passion is football what the heck are you thinking aj green seriously i mean okay first of all you're a wide receiver and and I know all you wide receivers, the only way you get attention is you have to be outlandish. You have to be Keyshawn Johnson. You have to be uh, Ocho Cinco, who you should have learned from. Uh, you have to be uh, just someone who, you know, Terrell Owens. Uh, only way you're ever going to get recognized, <laughs> the only way you're going to ever have any value is if you're an idiot. Well, congratulations, A.J. Green. You became... The biggest idiot this last week. What the heck are you thinking? Seriously. On a play where you you run down the field, it's a run. First of all, you're jogging down the field, so obviously you're telling the DB that it's a run. And then you kind of give him this little love tap, right? Well, and then he retaliates by giving you a little bit bigger love tap, which you fall over. And then you stand up and you say, okay, we've had enough of this love tapping. I'm now going to rip your head off. So you grab his head, and you two go down on the ground. But here's the dumb part. Well, aside from everything else I've said that was really dumb, because it was all dumb, you start punching him. And you do not ever, 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 ever punch a football player while he's wearing a helmet, and you're punching him in the face. The only thing, and you live by your hands, by the way. Like your livelihood is that you have five workable fingers on two hands and that you don't go around beating up helmets with those fingers and those hands because the guy pushed you a little bit. Dumb, not only dumb, but stupid. And if you had a brain, it would be lonely. What are you thinking? Well, I'll tell you what we're thinking. We're thinking about taking a break. AJ, stop the boxing. It's okay that he pushed you. Just beat him for a touchdown next time. But seriously, you could end your career on something so stupid as this. When we come back, we're going to talk about who's in and who's out in NCAA college football playoffs. Listening to Helms Talk, we'll be right back. We move on, and we're moving to college football. And uh, before I get into my Utah rant, and there is a rant, and I shouldn't rant because they won forty-eight to fourteen last week against UCLA, one in rather convincing fashion. Minus Josh Rosen, who was out because of a concussion. I have to go to the NCAA college football playoffs because it's the playoffs, and we love the playoffs. And quite frankly. I hate college football playoffs. I think it should be more. I think it should uh expand out to they could they there there's a bowl for everything. They even have a toilet bowl. So everyone goes to a bowl game. You have to win, you know, five or six games a year and you become bowl eligible and you go to some Mickey Mouse bowl in I don't know, uh Toledo, Ohio or North Dakota or somewhere where it's like really cold in the winter, like you really want, you know, bowl games are like in warm weather, nice, celebrate, and uh, they have a bowl for everything. So why not take all of those bowl games, or at least a larger percentage of them, and have more of a playoff system through the bowls? Because the bowl games would actually be more meaningful, and I understand why they do bowl games, because it's all about money. Bowl games are about money, it's like, if we put this on television, no matter when and where we put a bowl game on television, people watch it. And that's what it's all about. And they will. They will watch it. And that's the reason there are so many bowl games. And you watch all these, like, six and five teams play one another and just these really, really boring bowl games. But it's about – they can sell advertising for a bowl game. It's magical. It works. That's the reason there are so many bowl games. It's not because all of these teams – when I played, it was like – Going to a bowl meant that you did something special during your season. You had a winning season, you won the conference, you were playing for whatever. And now anyone can go to a bowl game. In fact, it's embarrassing if you don't go. It's really embarrassing if you don't go. It doesn't it means nothing. So the the recent college football playoff rankings just came out, which is so interesting or or stupid because you have the rankings all season long, and they don't mean anything. It means nothing. In fact, I don't even understand how they come up with their rankings in the, in the first place because they're always wrong. Every It's, it's literally, okay, well, uh, Alabama will be number one. Well, no kidding, Sherlock. I mean, serious. It's like uh, they have all the best players in the country. That, that really takes a genius to figure out that they're going to be the number one ranked team in the country. And then beyond that, it's really kind of a crapshoot. I understand that there's an East Coast bias. I understand there's a bias towards the SEC and the Big Ten. And again, it's about money. That's why there's a bias. That's why there's a focus. That's why they get all of the TV attention. Not because they have the better teams. They have the better team supporters. They have people that will buy products, that will tune in and watch Vanderbilt play Kentucky, even though they stink and they're in the SEC. Folks tune in to the SEC. Same thing with Iowa and Indiana or Indiana and Northwest. I mean, they're not the powerhouse teams in the country. They're not winning anything, but they're in a conference that sells and it sells on television. So there's always this bias about rankings and it's always biased towards these two conferences. And even if you're in... The Big Twelve, if you're in the Pac-12, if you're in the ACC, uh, you're you're going to have a bias against you built in from the very beginning, and and it's so it's so arbitrary in how they determine who's good and who's bad. I mean, here's a team, Ohio State, you know, well they're they're one of the best teams in the country in the beginning, well because they're Ohio State and it's kind of like Alabama and it's Urban Meyer, and then all of a sudden they. They are in the playoffs, or in the hunt for it, and then they lose to Penn State. Or they beat Penn State mighty, my, mightily, mightily, and then they go and they lose to Iowa. And so, who's really good and who's really bad? The thing I've learned about the college playoffs right now, whoever is in in the beginning pretty much won't be in the final rankings. And it's pretty much every year has been this way. So the first rankings just came out and all you have to say is that's not how it's going to end up. And it's so silly that they just, they come out with this and I and, and maybe it's this marketing ploy to keep people excited about it. But the reality is, so right now it's Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson. Those, if the playoffs happen today, there you go. There's your teams. The reality is, Is probably two of these four teams will not be in the makeup at the end. So, number five is Oklahoma. The Big 12 has been left out of the playoffs last year. And that's the whole thing. You have all these power conferences and you can get shut out of the playoffs. (laughs) And it just doesn't seem right. I'm just telling you, it doesn't. It's just now everyone says, well, college football and is determined by the perception of who everyone thinks is the best team. And really the best team is the one that shows up on the field and beats the other teams. And why do you fight this playoff system? Every other sport, they don't have have the Russian judges determining was it a 9.5 or a 10. It's show up on the field and you win. And I don't understand this. And I think it's a fallacy. And I know what it's all about. It's all about money. It's all about a traditional way of doing things, and it's all about it's all these traditional bowls. They make a lot of money, and they just have their good old boy way of doing things. And I think it's a fallacy to really find out who the very best team in the country is. And I believe you could have more excitement, more magic if you let more people in. But the reality is, is there's teams like well, five is Oklahoma, Oklahoma probably has an inside track to be one of the four teams because they'll win their conference championship. Georgia and Alabama are going to have to play each other. One of those teams is going to be out. Notre Dame is a pretty good football team. They might be in the mix. Clemson still has – they have Miami. They They have issues going into the end, and I don't know that they're as good as they are. But then you have these really good teams. I think the best team in all of the Big Ten this year has been Wisconsin. They're undefeated. And they can't even they can't even sniff this whole uh, this whole playoff bracket right now. And then you have Washington, who's a one loss team, and Washington is of course in the Pac twelve. And there's this whole bias, and everyone's saying, "Well, Pac twelve is going to be out of it this year." Well, I believe if Washington wins out, they, there's still a possibility they could get in. Miami's still a possibility. Wisconsin's still a possibility. And and what I'm saying is. <laughs> The way it is today is not how it's going to end up, and quite frankly, I think they should let more teams in. These all I mean, I believe that all of these teams I've named, any one of them could beat any other team on any given day and give them a chance to do it. it. There's no way you can tell me that, that the number one team in the country is that much better than number six or seven or some of these teams that kind of get left out of the picture because they're not a part of that um old man's club all right so now on to my rant shoot i don't have that much time and i got more things i have to say so i'm gonna say i in a hurry why why has it taken my utes to get all the way through the season to lose four games in the pac 12 before they decide to get a chip on their shoulder walk into the regular season beginning of the season with a chip on your shoulder and quit waiting until you've basically pissed away your whole season and now you're going to decide to get a chip on your shoulder. you gotta, you got to have the chip on your shoulder every day. Whatever it takes for you to get yourself ready to play and compete against the best, you have to do it every single week. And not decide you're going to start doing it now that you've lost four games. You are with the big boys. And you need to act like a big boy when you get there. You know the irony of sports. The Boston Celtics went out and spent a fortune on Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward lasted all of a minute in the regular season. And in order to get Gordon, they had to get rid of some players. And then they traded what I thought was one of the most dynamic take a team on his shoulder players in the nba isaiah thomas and trade him and they trade him to the cleveland cavaliers for kyrie irving so now the best player on the boston celtics is gone their prize free agent is out doom and gloom for the boston celtics oh think again they are leading the NBA with an 8-2 record. And where are LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers? They're 4-6. and six. So maybe it's more about the chemistry of the players. Maybe there's this combination of coaches. I don't know. I just find the irony of this in sports all the time. I realize it's only 10 games into a an 80-game season. I get it but i just think it's so interesting and ironic and i don't know is there karma in the world that just kind of changes things around i still think michael jordan is better than lebron james there's no way there's no way in lebron's left what he has in his career that he can make up the difference so i have i've latched on to My superstar is Michael Jordan, because he can't do anything now. Well, I shouldn't say that, because I'll jinx him. Anyways, you've been listening to Helmets Off. This is all I have to say about this. Text Helmets to 65537. Go to all those social sites and like us. We'll see you soon.